Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, of course, uh, a lot going on in the sporting world uh, with that Monday night football last night. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll have uh, Coach uh, Terry Martin on around 7.15 uh, to talk about his Lowerville Tigers. Of course, Major League Baseball takes a spotlight today. Four playoff games, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Philadelphia, I mean, uh, Pennsylvania, along with Florida, where they'd be playing today. Elsewhere, uh, high school polls are also out. Then uh, we've got college football right around uh, this coming weekend. The Tigers travel to Missouri to take on another Tiger. UL uh, will entertain Texas State. And, uh, of course, uh, Americans' obsession with football continues uh, beginning. Uh, this will be uh, the last day where there's not a football action. And for the next 50 days, we'll see either some type of college or NFL game uh, on TV. Meanwhile, the NBA also getting cranked up. And, of course, always today in sports history. But in the meantime, uh, the New York Giant, football Giants, how bad are the Giants? Uh, they went from horrible to something worse Monday night with a 24-3 to loss to Seattle. Uh, Daniel Jones was sacked 11 times last night, threw a horrible pick six as he fell to uh, 0-7 on Monday night football. Head coach Brian Debo uh, was uh, disgusted. So was franchise legend Eli Manning. And so were the Giant fans and where it stands a year after making the playoffs, the G-Men or a train wreck, and they're the only team to play three primetime games. They lost all three while being outscored 94-15 to 15 with the Dolphins' Bills up next. They could be a one-in-five start. So uh, in the meantime, uh, the state uh, stat of the day, the two NFL teams have yet to run an offensive play with a lead this season, the Giants and the Jets. Hey, at least the Yankees and Mets had great seasons. Time for October baseball to kick it off. Did did you say Yankees and Mets had great seasons? Yeah, that's what they say here. I I think think that's sarcastic. It is. It is. (laughs) It is sarcasm built in. Anyway, uh, Coach, uh, we have uh, Coach uh, Terry Martin on the line to talk about his uh, Laurelville Tigers. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Uh, so far, so good, but it's early yet, Coach. And uh, as you know, uh, the Tigers last week uh, suffered their second defeat uh, as you traveled to Welsh. And uh, maybe you can give us a little breakdown of that game and then talk about your next opponent uh, this coming uh, Friday, I do believe, against the West St. Mary uh, uh, Wolfpack. Oh, man, still still uh, trying to heal a little bit, uh, physically and mentally. You know, one of the things you hear coaches say all the time the biggest difference between baseball, basketball, and football is that if you have a rough game in those other two sports, you can get over it rather quickly because you play a day or two later. You know, you have it as a quick turnaround. With football, unfortunately, you got to wait an entire week before before you can play again and hopefully play better and get that bad taste out of your mouth. And you know, that's kind of what we're doing now. Uh, just looking again, I think I kind of mentioned it Saturday. Uh, besides the, the the obvious things that will come up, you know, as y'all know. It, our homecoming week you know we're just trying to i think work on ourselves more than anything else uh uh, the two games that we did lose you know we played two very good opponents but we we left a lot of points on the board we didn't uh we didn't execute nearly as well as what we're capable of and i didn't realize this but uh, but uh, the guy who runs our defense he made a comment yesterday when we were doing the scouting report for west st mary that last week we missed 19 tackles in the game, you know, and I'm sure y'all watched the LSU and, and, and you know, how the collapse they had uh, on, on, with their defense. And I said, you know, it's almost the same thing. 
You know, if, if you miss 19 tackles, there's no way you can expect to win a football game. And so, uh, you know, I think when, you know, when we come back to that, uh, as we prepare this week, that's what we need to work on more than anything else. We need to make sure that we concentrate on the fundamentals uh, when we're running our offense, you know, just the base things that we need to improve on. And I, I've just found throughout my career that whenever you have a bad game, and this actually uh, goes all the way back to Vince Lombardi, you know, his things were, were that when, you know, when things go bad in football, go back to the basics. You know, don't, don't try to put in new things. Don't try to put in new wrinkles and get fancier or more complicated. Go back to the basic fundamentals, get better on those, and normally, you know, you play better the following week. So that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, I think I mentioned it uh, to you all last week how just physically beat up we were. You know, we have four or five guys who, uh, who you know, hanging on by a thread. You know, not real serious injuries, but things that are, are making them struggle to be able to practice fully throughout the week and play a full game on Friday night. And, uh, and then we actually we lost another player early in the game. Uh, I think he'll be back this week. Hopefully we can pad him up extra and, and have him contribute in the game. But that's, uh, you know, we were trying to, there's that delicate balance once, once you get to midseason, you know, still trying to work hard, but make sure that you're not, you know, you're still being smart and you don't overdo it and, and you have your guys ready on Friday night. Is that Maddox you're talking about? Correct, correct. Yeah, you know, he, he had, you know, it's again, it's a, a, a bruised rib, but if you've ever had bruised ribs, you know how painful those are. You know, they don't have to be fractured or broken to, uh, you know, to really hurt a lot. And so, uh, you know, we, he's able to move around some now until we'll kind of limit his contact this week, still get him running around and, and you know, doing all our sprint training, as, uh, lift as much as he can, and hopefully we can have him. You know, we, we we have some things that we can do to pat him up extra, and hopefully we can have him on Friday night. There you go. I know uh, on Saturday you talked about some other injury issues. Uh, might be a little tough to get a starting lineup put together for this week's game. Uh, eventually, of course, you will. But, I will, uh, right. You know, plugging in those uh, pieces. Uh, again, it, it's more, of, uh, I think, more up front with a lot of our guys. Uh, you know, some of our interior linemen, uh, you know, and actually I, I think I, I, I told you we had to move the show up because I'm bringing my son to an orthopedic to get his ankle checked uh, this morning. You know, so he, he's you know, able to play on both sides of the ball. But, you know, again, each week he's kind of a different challenge. So this week with West St. Mary, they are actually physically really talented Uh you know, I think I mentioned that on Saturday. They they have a bunch of young kids, but but they have some scary speed. And, and it is that it's the kind of team that you know when they have the ball, it kind of makes you nervous that they you know they just throw one or two up. And if you're not in the right position, I I think they can really make you pay. So, you know, we we probably going to pay have to play more of those skill type guys this week in in the secondary because they seem to want to spread you out and maybe throw it a little bit more. So uh, you know, or they have you know a dangerous quarterback who can run. So, you know, just trying to get those guys as healthy as we can and, uh, and you know, still kind of push them and work hard. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll have everybody ready. And I can send you that starting lineup Thursday morning, hopefully. There you go. Uh, as far as West St. Mary, and I, I appreciate your shooting me their roster, uh, any guys in particular I should be looking out for? They, uh, you know, they seem to have had some injury issues, too. He told me uh, when we were texting back and forth and, you know, we always, whatever team you're going to play on that, the following week, we've gotten into the habit of switching the two previous games on Wednesday morning, the week before we play. And, uh, you know, now with every school having the huddle software and doing the breakdown, uh, it, it takes a good while to enter all that information, you know, as far as the down, the distance, the hash, the, the formations, the fronts, the coverages, and everything that you need to do. 
we, we exchanged the previous two games on Wednesday morning to where once, you know, you pretty much have the, the opponent's game plan finished by the end of the week that you're getting ready to play on Friday where you can start inputting all that stuff. And then on Saturday morning, we go ahead and we exchange the last film from the night before. So you already kind of have a head start at least on putting that information in. And when we were talking on Wednesday morning, I think he told me that, that uh, on their previous game, he had nine guys that, uh, that he wasn't able to address, you know, who, who might have played that night. So, you know, I think we're all in the same boat. You know, everybody's trying to shuffling people around and has, has guys that are beat up. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I think he's going to get some of those guys back. But like I said, uh, they, they may be short on some linemen, uh, but, but they're skilled guys on the perimeter everywhere else. They're outside linebackers, they're DBs, their receivers are really have some scary speed. So, you know, I'm hoping, uh, you know, we, we got beat on two deep balls, uh, Friday night for two of the touchdowns where, you know, we had everybody kind of contained, everything under wraps, and they had one speed guy who, who kind of got behind us. And, you know, so with this type of team, that's, that's pretty concerning big because we're going to have to stay on top of it. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, our defensive line can kind of get pressure on him because they look to be young and inexperienced on their offensive line. Because if not, if we give them too much time to throw, they definitely have the guys who can beat you deep. You know, West St. Mary in the second year with the new – Coach, uh, Coach Fage, uh, I think you have a pretty good relationship with him. Uh, oh, look, a great guy. Really, really good guy. And, and I think, you know, he's trying to do things the right way over there. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, when you, when you get into a new situation, the, the, the hardest thing to change is, is not only the, com- the culture of the team, but the community. You know, and, 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 you know, just some of the schools, I know he's still struggling to try to get as much community support as he can. But but I, I really think he's I think he's a good guy and I think he's really doing things the right way, and uh, again if he can hold on to these kids now, in a year or two and I'll tell you this before before Brent Indes left, you know he told me this this young group which they would be sophomores now, he said this young group was really, really he was really excited about him before he left and went to Lakeshore, and and so I think if he can hold on to some of these younger kids and I, I think I mentioned that to you earlier they do not have a senior on the team. Mm. Uh, you know, as juniors, sophomores, and freshmen, if he holds on to these guys in another year or two, I think they're going to surprise some people. There you go. You mentioned homecoming, and I think you have a junior high game tonight, don't you? Correct. Yeah, last night we had the powder puff game, and I, and I tell you what, you know, uh, I ran the clock. I was in the press box, and uh, for, for, you know, these things kind of, you know, kind of wear on you sometimes. You know, we have to kind of, you got to try to finish practice, and you have the seniors, and I got football players, they act as the coaches, and again, I, you know, if I was writing this, I would put coaches in quotes. They, uh, you know, they coach the girls' teams, and then we have some of the boys that actually put on cheerleading outfits. You know, they 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 do the cheerleading, and the girls get to play. It was actually some pretty exciting games. Uh, you know, we had one girl out there that, uh, you know, I mean, she put on the clinic throwing the ball, and and it's pretty funny. Trevor, you know, one of our, our quarterbacks, and he's now playing slot receiver and quarterback for us. He served as the PA announcer for the game. And I had to, I had to kind of cover the mic, and I said, "Man, she might throw the ball better than you do," you know, because we had one of the girls on the sophomore team that really had a cannon and uh, and, and really threw some pretty balls out there. So we had powder puff last night. Tonight we have a regular junior high game at six o'clock. Uh, let's see, we're playing uh, Renee Ross, that's the team from Kaplan. Tomorrow night uh, we don't have anything at school, but this is our kind of we, we do a little annual senior gumbo. One of the teachers cooks a gumbo for our my, our, my senior players and our trainers, and they come do that at my house. So we'll be occupied doing that tomorrow after practice. 
Thursday we have the parade, and like I mentioned, it's a huge, huge community event. Everybody comes out uh, and sits on the streets, and uh, it's a really cool thing uh, in Lorville. And then we're going to have a community pep rally in the stadium after the game. And then, uh, then after that, uh, hopefully that's it. Oh, I forgot one thing also that the community does that's really special. On Friday morning, they do a, a, a breakfast. Uh, all of our football players, uh, cheerleaders, trainers, the, uh, the band, the dance team, the entire group that takes part in the Friday night activities, we actually walk uh, to the hall at St. Joseph's Church, and we have a group of the, uh, the parents and the community uh, people who do this huge breakfast for all the kids who are seniors and for all the people taking part in the homecoming activities. So it's a pretty special thing. And so we'll have that Friday morning. And then, of course, after that, we can, we can you know, concentrate and play a football game. There you go. What time does the parade roll on Thursday? God, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I, 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 I get so caught up in all the other stuff. And one of the parents on my team app last night asked, and I, my, I have a note on my phone, uh, I'm, I'm doing this appointment this morning, and then actually the prince, my principal and I, we have to go take off, and we're going to Baton Rouge. I was going to ask sure you about that. I'm sure y'all are aware we have that uh, the LHSA, the special meeting that's going on this morning, uh, where there's going to be, if we have over 50% of the membership principal show up, a vote on the definition that the executive committee came up with that put us in the current playoff situation that we're in. And, uh, you know, again, how everybody's going to vote, uh, one of my friends that's on the, uh, that's actually the director of the Coaches Association, he texted me late last night, you know, saying, what's the consensus or what's the thought in Iberia Parish? And I said, man, I, you know, we've been so busy trying to get ready with football and all, all the other things with homecoming. I've talked to a couple of the other guys, and I kind of think I know how they're going to vote. But, again, of course, I can't speak for them. You know, we do have a brand-new principal, uh, and, and so I'm going with him for the vote. And, uh, you know, once we get there, we'll kind of hear the last minute uh, for, you know, the pros and the cons. I'm sure they'll go over everything. And so at the end of this meeting, I really – I'm not sure what's going to happen. You know, what, whether the vote passes to accept this definition or not, once that happens, I'm still wondering if the question again – is going to come up, this this playoff system that we have was not voted on by principals either. So, you know, I, either how, however the vote turns out, I'm not saying it's not passed some of those schools that filed the lawsuit to bring that into question too because that was never voted on. And so, you know, what, whatever side you sit on, there's a lot of things going on. You know, as I'm sure you all heard in the, in the January meeting, all these two things actually were tabled because we, the, the principals were promised that there would be a special meeting in June. That meeting never happened. They tried to they tried to have it again, and even though the meeting was promised that we'd have the meeting because a certain number of principals didn't write in to request the meeting, the meeting was denied again. So there's a lot of other things going on with all this. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. And, again, it's above my, my pay grade. Uh, I'm just concerned about who we play. And, uh, you know, so again, it's just another thing we have to kind of put our football on the side for for at least one day. So, uh, again, I'll be glad when this is over so, uh, you know, we can move on. So to, to, to let you all know how I th- what I think is going to happen, I have no idea. Yeah. And I don't think anybody has ideas. Just because, again, whenever you get the lawyers and the judges involved, it, there's no telling where this thing ends up. So I'm just hoping it doesn't have too much of a negative effect on, on the football season for those kids, especially the seniors, you know, so we can hopefully have some semblance of, of a normal playoff. You know, I, I... – Think about uh, trying to get a consensus of Iberia coaches, and I'd say it's pr- probably pretty split. Uh, folks like you and Westgate are 
somewhat disadvantaged by the way uh, things go. But then the other right. schools uh, doesn't really uh, impact all that much. You're right. And again, when you when you know if you look at you know the five A schools, you know again they 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 really won't be affected that much. But at the same time, with this select vote, it puts some of those Lafayette Parish schools in the select category. If if it wouldn't pass, then Nish doesn't have to worry about Acadiana, Karen Crow. You know, some some of those other schools would now be, you know, they would be put back on the non-select side. So now they're in the playoffs with Nish. So you know, if you look at again from each individual school, they may be for the vote. Whereas, as you mentioned, Westgate now gets pushed up into Division One if it, if this thing passes. You know, so they may not be for it. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, we were pushed up against some of those 3A teams. And then uh, Delcom actually was pushed down into the lowest category. So in, in some ways, it actually benefited Delcom. So I'm not, you know, when you look at each individual school, school I'm sure they all have their own opinions how it affects their school. But I think the bigger issue in all this is that from the day this was created, it was a principal's organization, and the principal's always voted. This was never voted on by the principal, so I think there's a bigger philosophical issue at, at hand right now than just how it affects every single school. Gotcha. Coach, uh, we know you got to hit the road, but uh, anything else uh, in advance of Friday's game you want to share? No, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all just uh, keep us in mind and hope we have a safe week for this homecoming week that you know the kids have fun, but, but you know stay safe and, and stay out of trouble, and we can get back to football on Friday. That's kind of what I'm holding my breath for. Looking forward to being out there, Coach. Yeah, Coach. All uh, right, man. Good Thanks. luck to you. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Y'all You're take welcome. care. Uh-huh. Appreciate Coach Terry Martin. And, again, normally joins us at about 7.30, 7.35, but uh, wanted to give him an opportunity to take care of some business there. Yeah, it's only fair uh, to bring his uh, his own son. Now, thank you for uh, an examination. Meanwhile, before we hit to our next segment, uh, the 5A, uh, all the 4A and 3A, 2A polls are out from the Louisiana Sports Writers Association. And uh, uh, in the 5A poll, uh, teams in our area, Karen Crow uh, and Acadiana are 6 and 7, uh, also getting votes uh, with Southside uh, along with Sam Houston. So that district uh, being one of the top uh, teams in uh, uh, 5A. But uh, meanwhile, Edna Carr is the number one team, followed by Destrahan, Zachary, Rustin, John Curtis, which was beaten by Holy Cross over the weekend as Holy Cross jumps into the top ten uh, after Karen Crow to Katiana at uh, eight. Of course, uh, former Catholic high coach Scott Watney, they're 5-0 Holy Cross. Airline is uh, ninth along with East St. John in the 4A poll. St. Thomas More, the Cougars in Lafayette, topped that poll, got all 12 first-place votes, followed by Lafayette uh, Christian, Neville, North DeSoto, Westgate dropped from uh, uh, should say from fourth to fifth. Meanwhile, Warren Eastern uh, comes in at six. Lutcher seven. Uh, also West Feliciana. Turlings at ninth, where uh, Westgate faces this week. Uh, they stayed there. Archbishop Shaw is tenth. Cecilia is getting votes. Uh, they're coming at number eleven. Meanwhile, in the three A poll, it's uh, University followed by E.D. White of Thibodeau, St. James, who Lorville played last year in a uh, state playoff game, followed by Sterling, Gina, Union Parish, which is Formerville, Parkview Baptist, who Catholic High defeated earlier this year. They come in at 7th in the 3A poll, followed by Madison Prep, uh, John F. Kennedy, and St. Louis, no other teams in the area uh, receiving votes. Meanwhile, in 2A, Calvary Baptist, who defeated Westgate this uh, past uh, uh, weekend. Uh, they're number one, followed by St. Charles, Newman, 
Oak Grove, Dunham, Episcopal of Baton Rouge, North Lake Christian, Notre Dame comes in at 8th, Manny 9th, and Catholic High is receiving uh, enough votes to be number 10. Uh, other receiving votes in the area, uh, Ascension Episcopal, Catholic High plays Friday night, and also at 14th is Lorville, who was defeated by Welsh for their second loss this past year. Ascension Episcopal in there at 11, too. Yeah, that's right, uh, and that's who the Panthers face Friday night over in Youngsville. Meanwhile, in 1A, a Washtenaw Christian, the defending state champion, followed by Vermilion Catholic, has moved up uh, to number two in the last few weeks. Southern Lab, Homer, Kentwood, St. Martin's of uh, Metairie, uh, Riverside Academy, Haynesville up in North Louisiana, uh, St. Mary's, that's over in Natchitoches, and uh, Logansport comes in at number 10. Also receiving votes, uh, Centerville and Generette were getting votes in the uh, 1A poll, so uh, a lot of local teams uh, making do. So, uh, but today, as Coach Martin said, big vote up in Baton Rouge. We Jeff and I were talking about it off the air earlier. Uh, we think about one o'clock uh, that vote might take place. So, don't know when we'll hear. At least that's when the meeting begins. Yeah. yeah so we don't know whenever we might. But tomorrow, yeah, by you spoke. We'll have something. That's right. Anyway, including two coaches and maybe their thoughts on it too. That's correct. Anyway, so time to take another break here on Kane uh, Radio or Bayou Sports, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Valley. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs, so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, October the 4th. And, of course, today is a deadline for the Baseball Writers Association of America and members uh, to submit their Major League Baseball awards picks. And here's uh, some of the rundown on that. And the AL MVP, Shohei Otani, uh, DH and starting pitcher for the Angels, despite missing the final month with a torn UCL, strained oblique, and the two-way star 
had a better year at the plate and on the mound than uh, his even his 2021 MVP campaign. And uh, he hit 304, 412 uh, on base percentage, 654 uh, um, uh, a slugging, along with 44 homers, 95 RBIs, 102 runs, 20 stolen bases, and 135 games. He was 10 and 5 on the mound, 3.14 ERA. A point a one point oh six whip, one hundred sixty seven Ks in twenty three starts, uh, ten point one wins uh, above replacement. So the runner up for that, uh, Marcus Simeon led all AL position players with the WAR seven point four. Corey Sager trailed only Simeon in the WAR despite missing forty three games. Over in the National League, Ron Arcuna Jr., the right fielder for the Braves, led the NL in runs, hits, steals, on-base percentage, ops, and total bases while inaugurating uh, both the 30-60 and 40-70 club. That means he hit uh, 40 home runs with at least 70 stolen bases, and it, that's that's pretty good. On the year, he hit 337, 416 uh, on-base percentage, 596 slugging. 41 homers, 106 RBIs, 149 runs, 73 stolen bases, and 159 games, and 8.1 war. Uh, with that, also Freddie Freeman. Who- well, getting back to Acuna, I don't want to take away anything. He's a great player. But uh, I think the stolen base numbers this year are tainted. I tend to agree with they, that, too. From first to second and second and third, it's six inches shorter. And that's a big deal. How many bang-bang plays are there, plus the uh, inability for a pitcher to throw over to first base or, or second base, any base, yeah, but, but specifically first base to try and hold a runner on. You can only throw over there twice. So, you know, uh, per batter. But, yes. but but again, you know, it's, again, not that he's not a great player, but uh, some of those numbers are a little inflated because yeah, a little of the change skewed. of rules. Yes, you're right about that, too, with that. Anyway, Freddie Freeman, 59 doubles, seventh most ever in the major leagues. Of course, team, his former teammate, Matt Olson, uh, major league uh, best 54 homers 139 rbis a .604 slugging percentage mookie betts uh led all position players with an 8.4 war and played at least 70 games at both second base and right field in the al the cy young gary cole the yankees looked like uh the yankees were a disappointment but uh, it certainly wasn't cole's fault as he yeah. led the al and he run uh, earned run average and shutouts innings whip hits per nine at least his name should come off the uh uh, list of uh, best pitchers, uh, never to win a Cy Young. So, anyway, it was 15 and four in the year, 2.63 ERA, uh, .98 WHIP, 222 Ks in 33 starts, a seven and a half WAR. Of course, other uh, pitchers out there for the Cy Young: Twins righty Sonny Gray, uh, vaulted past Mariners uh, Luis Castillo, and with a sterling uh, 2.0 ERA run average in uh, September, Castillo stumbled. Had almost a five ERA in the final month. Meanwhile, in the NL, uh, Cy Young, Blake Snell with the left-hander from the Padres after a rough start, 27 earned runs and nine starts. He was nearly unhittable with 18 earned runs in his final 23 starts. So unhittable, in fact, it didn't matter that he led all pitchers in walks. And the 2018 Cy Young uh, would be the seventh player to win the award in both leagues. Uh, he had, was 14 to nine, two. 2.25 ERA, 1.19 whip, and 234 Ks and 32 starts. So uh, other uh, interesting pitches, Logan Webb's uh, the Giants is another one. Cody uh, uh, Singa of uh, another one along with Justin Steele. But uh, 
He led the NL in innings at 216, strikeout-to-walk ratio. So uh, AL Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles. Uh, third base and shortstop played all year like he did in his final 100 games. 52 extra base hits. Uh, he hit 276 and 856 ops. We'll be talking about where he'll finish uh, for the MVP rather than just running away with the Rookie of the Year. Meanwhile, uh, NL Rookie of the Year, uh, we talked about Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks, the outfielder. If Acuna had uh, the best power speed season in Major League Baseball, Carroll had the best such uh, season ever by a rookie, leading the majors in triples and becoming the first rookie and ninth player with 25 homers and 50 stolen bases in uh, a rookie campaign. So uh, runner-up uh, Mets pitcher Cody Singa along with uh, Snell. Anyway, uh, just, uh, you know, the scoring machine, as you uh, we reported about Acuna's historic season, is that he scored 149 runs, and uh, for that, that's the third most runs by any player since World War II, trailing only Jeff Bagwell, who did it in 2000 with the Astros, 152 runs, and Teddy Williams, the splendid splinter, did it in 1949. He had 150 runs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, think about it. I, I don't know how many games he missed, yes. but it's almost won a game. That's right. And it's, that kind of production, uh, you, you value. Yes, it is, and uh, just, uh, of course, Major League Baseball will be taking the spotlight today with four big games on tune uh, with that as uh, basically the cranking up of games to today. So uh, we'll see how uh, that's all going to come into play, too, uh, uh, with that. So uh, the playoff card, uh, Major League Baseball's postseason begins today as all four of the best of three wild cards uh, series get uh, underway. Uh, the Rangers will be at the Rays. That's going to be a 3.08 Eastern time, so 2.08 our time on ABC. Tampa has played in uh, 32 playoff games since Texas' last appearance in 2016. And uh, to get in price, StubHub, 37 bucks to get into a playoff game. Meanwhile, the Blue Jays will follow with the uh, second game. They're going to be at the Twins uh, with a 4.38 tip-off, so it would be uh, basically uh, Minnesota has lost 18 straight playoff games. Hard to believe that. The longest such streak in Major League Baseball hint, uh, history. And uh, to get in there, just a $12 ticket to get into uh, the game up in Minnesota. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, the third game of the day, uh, will be at the Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. That's going to be a 7.08 uh, pitch on ESPN2. Of course, uh, Arizona rookie uh, uh, Brandon, uh, uh, I want to say Fod, is going to start, takes on the Cy Young uh, Corbin Burns uh, in a massive pitching uh, mismatch, and you can get into the Brewers game for $17. Meanwhile, the late game tonight, uh, the Marlins will be at the Phillies. Miami has made uh, two non-pandemic postseasons and won the World Series way back in 97 and 03, and can they make it three for three? The get-in price, you're ready, up in Philadelphia, $194. Uh, just unbelievable in that regard. So, uh, anyway, uh, just good luck uh, to those teams and uh, with that. So, anyway, of uh, the teams playing uh, in the playoffs today, uh, nine of the 12 Major League playoff teams have won at least one World Series. And of those uh, 12 course the ones not to win a world series of course the brewers have played in uh, one world series or two uh, no, just one yeah and back in 82 when the cardinals beat them in seven games we both had an interest in that one yeah. i, I yeah. was uh, there and got to see uh, game three 
of that World Series, the Willie McGee Show. Yeah, Willie hit two home runs and made a couple sensational Stole catches. Stole one too. Yeah, yeah, that's right, uh, out in the outfield. Of course, the other teams uh, uh, not to uh, win a World Series are the Rangers out of Texas and who were the uh, originally the Washington Senators who moved uh, an expansion team in 61, moved to Texas in 71, I do believe, 72 maybe. And then the Twins, who were the original Washington, uh, not the Twins, the Rays, who was a, just a franchise team. And the Rays started in the 90-something. They were the 98 expansion with Arizona. Yes, I think you're right about that. Of course, Arizona wins the World Series three years later in 2001 when mm-hmm. they beat the Yankees uh, with Louis. Gonzalez's base hit sneaking yep. single up the middle to beat the Yankees in the bottom of the, I think it was the 10th, was it? The, it, it was either the 9th, it was walk-off. Yes, it was a walk-off uh, with that. So uh, anyway, uh, big uh, big playoff games today, beginning World Series. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, just some other news, too, uh, with that. Uh, some quick headlines in that regard. MJ, Michael Jordan, uh, his net worth now is $3 billion per Forbes. I, I thought, it, you know, I saw that number, too, and my first thought was, and, and again, I, I know there's a lot that gets involved in these, you know, what his debt may have been, but he sold his share of that franchise for That's $3 right. billion. That's correct. And I don't think he was broke. Before yeah. he sold the team, but so. did he have any minority share shareholders uh, through that team? Yeah, he have? did. Okay. He, he absolutely did. So, but, uh, but his share, I was told, was three billion. Oh wow, that's what he sold his share for. So, anyway, uh, anyway, that qualifies him for the Forbes 400 Club. It's after taxes. Yeah, you know, of course, the first time uh, a pro athlete has cracked the list too. Wow. Anyway, this check this out. Taylor Swift bumped. Uh, Sunday's Jets-Chiefs game put up a big numbers, believe it or not. They drew an average of 27 million people, thanks to a larger to a spike in the teen girl viewership to the Jets-Chiefs game <laughs> Sunday. Starting to P.O. some NFL fans, though. They own the focus too much on her than the game. You yeah, know? Uh, of course, she's up there uh, rattling in, uh, in the box with uh, – with Kelsey's family, you know, it was Kelsey's brother who is, I think, has since retired from the Eagles. Was, oh no, no, he's still playing. he's still playing with oh, the yeah, Eagles. Absolutely, uh, okay, offensive lineman with the Eagles. Anyway, we got some vacancies, and that this is which gonna... is kind of interesting because Taylor is an Eagle fan. Oh, is she? I mean, she's from that part of the oh, country, okay. All and right. you know, she donned an Eagle jersey during um, her most recent tour. Oh, okay. At one point. Anyway, uh, baseball, of course, the end of the season, the Angels have fired manager Phil Nevin after he led them to a 119 and 149 record in his brief tenure. Of course, the Mets, as we mentioned yesterday, Buck Showalter is out uh, out in New York. And, Pete uh, Alonso apparently not happy about that. Really? Yeah, he, he's made it known that he was uh, disappointed. Well, Buck Showalter was a Mississippi State grad and uh, played there uh, back in the uh, 70s, I want to say, a little bit before the uh, – combo with uh, Will Clark and Rafael Palmaro in, in that group. So uh should be uh, interesting in, in that. Uh, so we'll see how uh, what the Yankees do. Of course, uh, uh, George Steinbrenner no longer there. One of his sons, I think, runs the team now. And uh, not sure where his next move is going to be uh, with Buck Showalter being uh He's still out. a fairly young guy. He, he came on the scene as a manager, as a young man. Maybe in his early 30s. Um, yeah, I think you you're know, right. So. And moved to uh, coach the Mets. Who else uh, made that? Uh, coach well, the, the Yankees. Teams, the Yankees. Great Seinfeld episode where <laughs> – 
where where George is talking to one of their star players at the time, Danny Tartable. Yeah, okay. And he, George is like, man, you, you ought to do something about that swing. You're dropping this or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, George uh, runs into Buck uh, a little bit later and says, um, you yeah, know, how things going? And goes, I don't know. All of a sudden, I'm a little concerned about Danny Tartable's swing. <laughs> just great episodes. They just uh, prolong it uh, in the meantime. Anyway, uh, with that, uh, time to take another break here on uh, Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday morning, October the 4th. You're listening to FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 zero or go to answer to pain Com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the Shadow. Jacob Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday, October the 4th. Uh, with that, uh, little some more NFL news here. You know, with the uh, Buffalo Bills just uh, pounding the Dolphins this past weekend, Josh Allen now has replaced Tua Gungalavea-Baloa as the NFL MVP favorite following the Bills' 48-20 win. Of course, the current odds... Uh, with that, of course, Allen is a plus 325. Uh, uh, Tua is back at a plus 500. Patrick Mahomes at a plus 500. Jalen Hurts at a plus 800. Lamar Jackson plus 1,200. Uh, Justin Hebert plus 1,600. Brock Purdy plus 1,800. Of course, Kristen McCaffrey uh, plus 1,800, along with uh, Trevor Lawrence at plus 2,000. Dak Prescott at plus 2,500, and uh, Derek Carr at a plus 2 million uh, right now. And we'll see if Carr uh, will maybe yank it up a little bit. Boy, the, he needs to bring his game up a lot higher. Of course, what was he? Uh, I think he completed, what, 23 passes out of 30-something attempts for 
100 and some odd yards, uh, just five yards, four yards of completion. Uh, Ned needs to move up uh, with that. Uh, based on performance alone, I'd have McCaffrey uh, higher than uh, eighth. But when you consider that quarterbacks have won 15 of the past 16 MVPs, uh, anyway, it makes sense. So uh, we'll see. What's going to come do with that? Anyway, also uh, just some significant uh, happenings uh, on this uh, day uh, with um, uh, baseball. Uh, of course, on this date, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, with uh, today in sports history. But back in 1974, two-time MVP Frank Robinson was named the player manager of the Indians. Uh, of course, now the Guardians, making him the first black manager in Major League history. But I also do recall, and I mentioned this in one of today in sports histories, that way back in the early 70s, and I, I don't think it was Leo DeRocher that was the manager of the Cubs in 71, 72, but uh, uh, whoever the manager was of the Cubs got thrown out of the game. And Ernie Banks. Could have been Whitey... Uh Lockman? Lockman, maybe, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, Ernie Banks, uh, was it named uh, uh, the manager of the rest of the game for the Cubs? So, technically, he might have been uh, 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 the first uh, black manager in Major League Baseball that uh, we're aware of. Also on this date way back when, uh, of course, a lot of people are going to remember this, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty uh, uh, for the crimes of the murders of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown, and. uh and uh, Simpson, along with Ronald Goldman, uh, that happened on this date uh, way back then. Uh, anyway, just interesting. And back on this day, back in uh, the 1951, you know, with the uh, Giants and the Dodgers uh, playing a big playoff game with Bobby Thompson's home run that uh, shot heard around the well yesterday, as we mentioned. But the uh, the New York teams that year. The Yankees were 98 and 56. The Giants were 98 and 59. Of course, they played the three extra playoff games. And the Dodgers were 97 and 60. And the three best teams in baseball, of course, the Yankees won the World Series in six games, their third of five straight championships, uh, as they won it also in 52 when they beat the Dodgers and also in 53 when they beat the Dodgers. So, uh, anyway, uh, of course, as I mentioned, wild card games tonight. Uh, with uh, Major League Baseball right now. So uh, if you want to watch baseball this afternoon, you can watch it probably till almost midnight tonight. Anyway, elsewhere, too, in the sporting world, uh, of course, uh, college football still on the, uh, on the headlines, too, as uh, the LSU Tigers will journey to uh, Missouri to take on uh, also the Tigers. Uh, LSU comes into that game a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the uh, Missouri Tigers. And correct me if I'm wrong, but – is that 11 o'clock uh, it is. Uh, uh, kickoff again? You're not wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> just uh, the 11 o'clock starts. Yeah, terrible. it's just uh, that's just something that uh, takes place uh, with that. So uh, in the meantime. By, by the way, they this will tell you a little something about what the SEC thinks about LSU right now. You know, Normally they announce about two weeks ahead of time start times. They still have not settled on the LSU time for the Auburn game. They've narrowed it down to either 6 or 6.30, but they're not sure what network they want to put it on, the SEC network or ESPN. They're going to wait to see uh, how those teams look this weekend before they make a firm determination. At least, you know, it's either 6 or 6.30, so that right. gives you uh, enough to, to work on as far as planning, uh, whatever you might be doing. But it does tell you something about, um, you know, LSU state in the world right now. Yeah. That's, and maybe Auburn's too. 
And, you know, with LSU, too, uh, giving up 707 yards to Ole Miss this past uh, weekend. And, uh, you know, Coach Kelly at his press conference yesterday was talking about the fact this could be the second greatest offensive team in the history of LSU uh, behind the 2019 National Championship team. Uh, Right now, uh, uh, Daniels, uh, the quarterback at LSU, is setting all kind of – a record throwing and running the football with total offense and the LSU team is just uh has uh just just unbelievably LSU right now is uh seventh in the country they're averaging 44 points a game uh Missouri is 52nd they're averaging 32 LSU total yards they're fourth in the country they they put it they put up I should say 551 yards of offense at each game uh passing they throw for 353 yards at six in the country uh, the rushing yards are a little left to be desired, but they have run for almost 200 yards a game, 198. That's 27th in the country. Third down efficiency, 57%, on, uh, which is fourth in the country on third down efficiency. Meanwhile, on fourth down, they're 68. They're 50% right now. Uh, time of possession, they're 66. Of course, they score so quickly. I mean, LSU, it seems like they go down the field when they need to score four or five plays, and they go 75 yards in that. Defensively, well, we got other issues here. Uh, defensively, uh, points allowed, LSU is 107th in the country, giving up 31 points a game. Meanwhile, total yards, they're 117th. And you got to remember, there's 133 teams that play Division One football. They're giving up 430 yards a game on defense. Meanwhile, the passing yards, uh, they're 109th in the country. They give up 260 a game. Missouri's not that far ahead of them. They give up 243. They're 92nd in the country. Meanwhile, LSU gives up 170 yards a game, just about 104th in the country in uh, rushing defense. And meanwhile, Missouri's at 8th. They only give up 74 yards uh, a game. So uh, Tigers come into that game. It's going to be on ESPN up in Columbia, Missouri. They're six and a half point favorites. They're over and under 63 and a half with that. So uh, 11 o'clock kickoff for the uh, LSU Tigers. Meanwhile, uh, the Raging Cajuns, uh, 20, or say, say 20 miles down the road, they're going to take on uh, Texas State. And the Cajuns are favored by one right now. But uh, the uh, over and under 67 and a half. But a familiar name is going to be at uh, Cajun Field this uh, uh, Saturday for a 2.30 kickoff. That game is going to be on ESPN News or you. And uh, the Cajuns will be facing a Texas State quarterback by the name of T.J. Finley former LSU quarterback who moved on to Auburn for a couple years and then entered the transfer portal and now plays for Texas State. So uh, Cajuns fans will be seeing uh, the former Ponchatoula uh, player uh, at Texas State, and he's done pretty well uh, putting numbers up. Texas State is averaging 43 points a game. That's ninth in the country. Cajuns score 36 a game at their 32nd. Total yards, uh, Texas State uh, puts up 472 yards, Cajuns 453. The passing yards, Cajuns uh, throw for 266, while uh, Texas State 227. Uh, rushing yards, uh, Texas State 205 a game, the Cajuns 225. Uh, third down efficiency, uh, 41.5 for Texas State, 40.3 for the Cajuns. Fourth down efficiency, Texas State 67%, the Cajuns 56 
in time of possession. The Cajuns hold on to it for 28 minutes, 56 seconds. Uh, Texas State, 25 minutes, 15 uh, seconds. Defensively, both teams dead even, giving up points a game. Each give up 29 a game. That's 95th in the country. Uh, Texas State gives up 432 yards, 118th. Cajuns give up 337, they're 45th. Meanwhile, passing yards, Texas State gives up 276 a game. That's 121st out of 133 teams. Cajuns give up 196, that's 37th in the country. Uh, rushing uh, defense, uh, Texas State gives up 156, that's 92nd, while the Cajuns give up 141, that's 75th in the country. So uh, another big game for the Cajuns uh, this weekend as they look to uh, get back on the winning track after journeying up to Minnesota to play the Golden Gophers, getting beat 35-24 and had a lead that game at one time. But um, – couldn't hold it, and the Cajuns come back to Lafayette. And the young uh, young quarterback, uh, Chris, has done a pretty good job for the Cajuns with the injury to uh, Woolridge uh, with that. So he's uh, dynamic and runs the ball really well. Uh, passing efficiency has been pretty good also. But the Cajuns, uh, I think Peter LeBlanc has scored a couple of touchdowns for the Cajuns this year, so a former Catholic High product. Meanwhile, other big games uh, this weekend, Alabama at uh, Texas A&M and College Station. Uh, Crimson Tide, two-and-a-half-point pick in that game. Both teams are 4-1. Over and under is 49. Looking for some other big ball games around the country uh, uh, with that. Vanderbilt's at Florida. I think Vanderbilt beat Florida last year. Uh, Florida's an 18-point pick in that game. Uh, we'll see how Coach uh, Billy Napier's squad does. They're 3-2 and two on the year after suffering a defeat to Kentucky last week. Kentucky uh, beat them pretty good uh, in that regard. Other top games, we'll see if Kentucky uh, can hold on to that 5-0 and record. They journeyed to between the hedges. They're going to take on the Georgia Bulldogs, who have struggled a little bit. Jeff uh, scored points the last uh, few games uh, with that. Uh, I think they beat uh, – uh, who they beat this past weekend in a tight game, too. So uh, Auburn, 24, I think, to 14. It was something like that. I think that Auburn had taken a maybe a 14 to nothing lead or a 10 nothing lead in that game. Maybe it was 24 to 10. Uh, so we'll see what will happen between the hedges. Elsewhere, uh, other games, uh, Notre Dame at Louisville, both top 25 teams. Notre Dame, number 10, with the big win. Uh, over, um, or I should say the big loss, I should say, to Ohio State two weeks ago. They'll play Louisville, who's 5-0 and in Louisville. Notre Dame is a, might have a touchdown pick in that game. Other top-ranked teams uh, uh, across the country, just looking through that. Um, other than that, Fresno State right now uh, is 5-0. and They're probably the G5 uh, pick right now with regards to that. They're 24th in the country. They take on Wyoming. They're a five-and-a-half-point pick. And the other games on the West Coast, Oregon State at California take on the Bears. They're a nine-and-a-half-point pick, along with Arizona will be at USC. And uh, USC is a 21-and-a-half-point pick over uh, the uh, Wildcats. So, of course, they defeated Colorado. As Colorado, they got way ahead of Colorado last uh, week. And uh, Colorado scored a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it respect. I wonder who was on the field for USC uh, late in that game. Uh, and, again, I'm yeah, I am. I'm trying to take away from Colorado. I, I think they were overhyped. And trust me, for those fans of that school, I'm happy for them that they're excited about something. But just time to temper that enthusiasm. Yeah, and uh, with that, too, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think if Colorado gets a uh, – a break this weekend uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, no, they go. They journey to Arizona State 
to play uh, Arizona State uh, with that. And they're a, a Colorado's a four-point pick. That's going to be a Saturday evening game around 530, and that's going to be on one of the Pac-12 networks. So if you have maybe uh, an all-sports uh, brand, of which I have, I can watch probably 30 games during the weekend uh, with that. So uh, Colorado and Coach Prime and his team, his two sons, uh, will take on uh, Arizona this uh, weekend. Yeah, and one of the things, too, and you know, we learned this over the weekend with UL uh, taking on Minnesota Big Ten and Pac-12. They're affiliated with Fox. Yes. ESPN Plus doesn't carry those games. That's right. Uh, that Fox initiates, so... A uh, little tougher to find uh, streaming. Anyway, anyway, time to take another break here on uh, Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, October the 4th. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more along with Today in Sports History right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Why are interscholastic sports called the last classroom of the day? Because they teach students important life lessons like teamwork, accountability, and perseverance. School sports are so much more than a game. They're about developing the whole person. That's why they're an essential part of every student's education. Encourage your student to participate in the last classroom of the day. Interscholastic sports in Louisiana. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. And welcome back to Bayou Sports for the last segment here on our show on a big Tuesday, October the 4th. And, uh, of course, yesterday the NBA uh, teams were uh, getting all together. And, uh, of course, picture day and all. And uh, the 2023-24 NBA season officially began uh, yesterday as the majority of the NBA teams reported to training camp to participate in their annual media days. Of course, down in Miami, uh, Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Ball Out Boy, went full emo uh, for his official uh, shed shot. Of course, in El Segundo, California, LeBron James revealed that his son, Bronny, had surgery this summer after suffering a cardiac arrest at USC workout. He's dedicated the season to him. 
Meanwhile, the news in Milwaukee, two of the six players to average over 30 points a game last year are now on the same team with the Bucks. See how they will go. Also, the word out of San Antonio, where the big uh, Victor uh, Juan Benyami uh, will be playing his first uh, year. Of course, the Frenchman standing at a three. I think he was officially measured at as uh, Greg Popovich has another big man in his shelf, as he did back in the day with the Admiral along with uh, Tim Duncan. So we'll see if uh, Popovich, and I don't know, I had heard rumors at one time he was thinking about retiring. Oh, two, three years ago. That's right. And, and then uh, the opportunity to coach Team USA uh, kind of made it seem like that was going to be a swan song, but then uh, he just continued on. So anyway, and the big word out of New Orleans, let's see if uh, Zion Williamson can stay healthy for one year and be a possibility of playing 82 games for the Pelicans. So uh, with that, uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I did hear where Pelican players uh, did influence the changes in the athletic training staff. And we were talking about that last year. And, and again, and we have no idea if, you know, the Saints and Pelicans share that training staff at all, but the, the lingering problem with Michael Thomas. And then we found out uh, eventually he realized he he, he was not uh, properly uh, diagnosed, was well, it? it? Not so much that, but they couldn't figure out that his body was rejecting some of the equipment that was put in okay. his leg to heal, you know, to solidify whatever that injury was. And I uh, just wondered if there's a... a problem with the tra- athletic training and uh, sure yep. enough the players uh, with the Pelicans made their voices known. And uh, I think uh, Graham uh, did uh, what was proper and found new medical yeah. staff. So uh, with that, hopefully that was some of the problems that came forth So with that. So in the meantime, uh, uh, the Pelicans uh, hopefully to see uh, maybe uh, some more energy. And uh, when Zion Williamson's healthy, he gives a big spark to them, uh, whether it be inside or outside, for that matter. So uh, He made some comments yesterday that said uh, in the offseason he's been working on becoming undefensible. You know, just uh, and, and the guy's size and uh, just working on ways to position your body so that, yeah, you, you take advantage of your size. But you got to put that body in a position where you are tough to defend. Yeah, he reminds me of a bigger, a little bigger version of Wes Unsell, who played with the Bullets in uh, in Washington years ago, also a Louisville uh, native. But uh, just a bigger version of Wes Unsell. But uh, let's hope we can, the Pelicans can keep him uh, healthy, where he'll be able to play in 82 games this uh, current year. <laughs> Meanwhile, today in sports history, I take 70. You know, it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, anything uh, above 70 would be a blessing for the Pelicans. I do believe he'd add a spark to the team. Uh, Elsewhere today in sports history, October the 4th, uh, back in 1906, the Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 4 to nothing to end the Major League season. And the Cubs that year won 116 games and lost only 36, had a .763 winning percentage. It's been unmatched since. Of course, they played 154 games back then. Back in 1924, the New York Giants became the first team to play in four consecutive World Series. They won game one, 4-3 at Griffith Field, but lost the series to John McGraw's uh, ninth and final World Series appearance. Meanwhile, back in uh, 1925, Harry Hillman, 
gets six hits in Detroit's DH doubleheader sweep over the St. Louis Browns to edge out Tyre Speaker in an AL batting crown race, which was 393 to 389. Believe it or not, Ty Cobb that year bat over 300 for the 20th time in his career. A remarkable. Elsewhere on this date, 1930, the Philadelphia Athletics' Jack Quinn, at age 47, is the oldest to play in a World Series, pitching two innings in Game 3 in a 5-0 defeat of the St. Louis Cardinals. Of course, uh, they went on to win that series four games to two. Back in 1944 on this date, the only all-St. Louis World Series opens up at Sportsman's Park with the visiting Browns beating the Cardinals 2-1 to on George McQuinn's home run. The Cardinals went on to win the series, though, by uh, 40 games to two. Elsewhere on this date, 1948, Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, beat the Boston Red Sox 8-3 to in a one-game playoff to decide the AL pennant. The Indians uh, went on to win the World Series that year with Lou Boudreaux, uh, uh, shortstop and Hall of Famer uh, leading the Indians to their last World Series title. Also in this date, 1953, the 50th Baseball World Series, the Yankees beat Brooklyn 4-3 to at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees uh, are a record fifth consecutive World Series. The MVP in that series, second baseman Billy Martin. I think he set a series record, I think, with 12 hits in that series. Also in this date, 1955, the Brooklyn Dodgers win their first World Series against their arch-rival New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium of all places. Johnny Padres, the MVP in that game, and finally next year is this year for the Dodgers. Elsewhere in this date, 1959, future Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown makes a club record 37 rushing attempts uh, for the Cleveland Browns and a 34-7 win over the Chicago Cardinals, which later on became the St. Louis Cardinals, then the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, with that, also in this date, Willie Mays scores in the second innings for the Giants, ending Whitey Ford's record World Series consecutive scoreless streaks at 33 and two-thirds innings. And of all things, he beat Babe Ruth's record early in that series uh, to set that mark. Also in 1967, the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Red Sox 2-1 in Game 1 of the World Series Fall Classic. Uh, Since 1948, not to feature a Yankees, a Giants, or a Dodgers in the World Series. Uh, What's that uh, being uh, 20 years? Elsewhere on this date, 1987, the first of the Scab Sundays in the Mm. NFL football with replacement players as a result of the players' strike. Of course, most of the players returned around October 15th. And as we mentioned earlier uh, on one of these Bayou Sports broadcasts, Sean Payton yep. was a quarterback for the uh, for the Bears as a, as a uh, uh, player back in the day on Scab Sunday with that. Elsewhere uh, on this date in 2022, Yankee slugger Aaron Judge break Roger Maris' all-American uh, League single-season home run record when he slams number 62 that particular uh, night to uh, beat Roger Maris's record. Of course, uh, as Ford Frick put on Maris that asterisk, which uh, I want to say uh, Faye Vincent removed sometime in the early 90s, and Rod Maris had died a few years earlier from cancer. Never knew he held the record until uh, Aaron Judge hit number 62 last year. Birthdays today, former linebacker and all-pro Sam Huff celebrating a birthday today. First-team all-pro and uh, with the Giants and then with the uh, over-the-hill Redskins, born in Edna, West Virginia. Of course, uh, uh, Sam Huff passed away in 2021. Also born today on this day, Tony La Russa, Hall of Fame manager with the uh, OAA and the Cards and the White Sox uh, for many years. Of course, uh, won the uh, World Series in uh, 89 with the A's in 11, 06 and 11 with the Cards. Uh, 
was born in Tampa, Florida. Deaths on this date, uh, Hall of Fame race horse. Uh, you're going to know him when I mention him. Triple Crown winner in 73. Secretariat was euthanized after suffering from uh, lamentitis. It's uh, at 19 years of age. Of course, Secretariat, I do believe. I know he holds the... Uh, all three racing records of the Triple Crown and the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes especially. He beat that record by, I think, two and a half full seconds <laughs> to win that race and beat him by, what, 32 lengths. He beat the uh, second-place horse, which wasn't sham that uh, particular afternoon. Anyway, uh, Jeff, uh, today in sports history uh, here on um, a big Tuesday, but the quote of the day to go back, Sam Huff said, Discipline is the whole key to being successful. He said, we all get 24 hours each day, and that's the only fair thing. It's only that's equal, but we do what we do with those 24 hours is up to us. And Sam Huff, I remember him playing with the Giants, uh, war number 70, uh, along with the Redskins later in his uh, end of his career with the Over the Hill gang with uh, George Allen and that group. I think he served him ice cream in the locker room <laughs> with that. He had... Uh, Billy Kilmer was on that team, a lot, a lot of old vets, Darren Talbot and them, and uh, made the Super Bowl, but just couldn't get past Gary O'Premium's uh, <laughs> pass. That was intercepted by Dick, I think one of Dick Bass or one of those uh, quarterbacks and raced it in for the only score. Yeah, I was going to say the only reason that game looked close. Yeah, that, uh, the Dolphins pretty much had a 14 to nothing lead uh, throughout most of the game. And uh, hang on, but, you know, the Redskins got to go ball back later on in the game. They could have tied it up or going. I don't know if they could have gone for two back then, but uh, just a strange game. Uh, Gary O'Premium still a uh, uh, picture throwing the, throwing the throw a pass <laughs> was just, uh, anyway, upsetting. Of course, your premium kicked for the Saints for a year or two back in the day uh, for them. Anyway, that's today in sports history, Jeff. Uh, now back to you. As always, big thanks to our guest today, Terry Martin, head coach at Laurelville. Tomorrow scheduled to be joined by Rick Hudson and Artie Liuza at 7.30 and 7.45, respectively. And we certainly want to thank our sponsors, Bayou Sports, brought to us by the Schwing Insurance Agency, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Hedekin Pain Center, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative, District 49. 